This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Carolyn Greco. President and CEO of FACET, a career management consulting firm, joins us today. Carolyn's group works with corporate clients who have achieved success and are now focusing on fulfillment. FACET also helps clients hire employees who are a solid fit for the company's culture and offers executive coaching programs. She's known for her expertise in the creation and administration of career management and workplace programs and provides direction on individualized career strategies. With the upheaval in the workforce due to COVID, this seemed like a good time to discuss why it's important to hire the right people and retain valued personnel and managers. And also, as Carolyn and I were discussing before we started taping, you might just need advice on, should I change careers? What training do I need? So I, this is perfect timing. Carolyn Greco, welcome. Thank to you Discover very much. Lafayette. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, so... Um, you're also celebrating 40 years of, of business. Correct. So before we get into that, why don't you give me your background and what led you to go into this, this type of industry? Well, actually, my background was in languages. And when I first got to Lafayette and I did some teaching, I taught at Holy Rosary Institute for three years. Oh, wow. I taught at uh, university here for one year as a graduate assistant, and then I taught four years at Lafayette High School. And during that time, with the oil and gas business booming, I was teaching Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I just started to get inquiries about, could I translate documents? Could I, you know, some of my students, their parents were in the the business and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the kickoff um, for the business. And I had a partner at the time, and we started doing just general administration work, general oil, gas, and mineral leases, and then resumes whenever, Mm -hmm. of course, inevitably, Um, the industry took a dip. We started to do resumes. So then I pursued that particular line of uh, that revenue stream. From there, uh, we learned about outplacement being done in bigger markets. Um, And because Lafayette had, you know, the Conicos and the Chevrons and the the Mm -hmm. larger companies, we learned about outplacement. You have to define that for us. When I I read outplacement, I had to think about it and go, oh, we used to 
not that they were fired, but perhaps an, uh, a workforce needed to be downsized. Is that the right way to to say it? As That's a, part of it. You know, uh-huh. the, the term is actually a misnomer because everybody hears the word placement and thinks we are a placement agency, but we mm-hmm. are not a placement agency. Outplacement is the company is outsourcing or, you know, mm-hmm. having people leave reduction in force, yeah. whatever the region, reason, mergers and acquisitions and so forth. But um, give them tools to be able yeah, to find yeah, it's, the right It's somewhat of a misnomer. Job. So we have mm-hmm. to, you know, clarify and say it's, it's basically a career management or a mm-hmm. career transition program mm-hmm. for exiting employees of a company. Right. Which is critical. Because I know they want to help their employees. Exactly. So yes, right. Yeah. So you were you self training as you as you evolved. Um, how did well, you how, learn how all it, this? How it happened is uh, there was a company locally who was looking for someone to run a career center, a large oil and gas company in the in the area, and they wanted somebody who was familiar with Acadiana and Lafayette. Mm-hmm. They wanted somebody who could stand up and do group presentations, which, of course, a good teacher could do. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and somebody that knew the area and was familiar with the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone referred me to this company. And that was my really my, you know, jump in the pool and get my feet wet mm-hmm. on corporate outplacement. Right. And I, I provided them services for four years. Okay. For four years. And then after that... To several cities around the country, they mm-hmm. they moved basically moved me around. Um, so when most of that was finished, I came back into Lafayette and just you know reopened uh, or rehung my shingle uh-huh. to concentrate on the outplacement in the career transition industry. Okay, so Facet that was the name from that was forty years ago. Yes, and what. What did you mean by facet? What was your thought behind Multifaceted, that? Multifaceted, different uh-huh. different facets of career work and mm-hmm. looking for work and finding jobs. And, you know, we work with all levels. We work with the hourly workers all the way mm-hmm. up to the C-suite. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many facets in different ways and different methods that right. to be used for the, you know, the different levels of workers. Right. And when you first started, you know, it, I'm a part of that world, too. We just didn't have all this technology. So when people, and like you said, the cyclical nature of oil and gas, it was either feast or famine. Mm-hmm. People were either doing great or they were just, you know, I mean, struggling. But we didn't have the tools. that There wasn't even the Internet, at the, you know, at that point. Right. And everything's changed. To me, it's been an evolution that's been a good thing. But it's also changed the way people interact. So if you want to talk about maybe some what you've seen, because 40 years is a wonderful career of knowledge to look at. And maybe people haven't changed, but the way we interact certainly has. Certainly. Uh, you know, when we first started, um, I think the highest technology that we had was an IBM correctable selectric Which typewriter. was delightful. You know? Yes. And then from there, we went to one that would store 126 pages and think so about that. That, the that was a, that was. <laughs> you know, and then the ones that you removed to put mm-hmm. new ones in, you could save. So mm-hmm. that was terrific. And then came the word processors. Mm-hmm. So that was the big breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And then from word processing, of course, came the the app. We use we're all Apple. We're totally Apple. We've already all, always used uh, Macintosh and, and Apple products. Um, that was the big one. And yeah. then of course internet. So that made as far as the document preparation and saving all the documents. Mm-hmm. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that just, you know. But even with all the technological changes now with Zoom and, mm-hmm. and uh, Face um, FaceTime and, you know, all of those, the basics of the human 
process Mm -hmm. really haven't changed. Right. And we've been very, very careful to hang on to that human-to-human interaction. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can now do, you know, your CV and your resume and email it all over and post it on websites of companies and you can do all this. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the human-to-human connection. And um, we're not going to let go of that. Um, Many of the outplacement companies have gone to everything is online. We say, you know, it's the consultant du jour and an 800 number, and we don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. We have a dedicated career strategist for each one of our uh, outplacement candidates that stays with them from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. And they can always reach them via cell, uh, email, phone. You know, they're totally dedicated to that particular candidate. Okay. So let's say I I came to you and, uh, you know, I have a law degree but I also like working in business um, and nonprofits, and I'm, you know, wanting to maybe look at the next phase of my work life. I could come to Facet and be coached, uh, perhaps. Maybe yes. you look at me individually. Yes. To talk about that. Like, yes. what what type of service would you offer? Oh well, first first thing we would do is find out what you want to do and make sure that you're you know you're clear mm-hmm. on what your goal is. We would do an assessment. We have several assessment tools that we use. Um, probably which will confirm what you already know about yourself. But many, many times, especially in a career change, mm-hmm. you un- uncover skills and um, abilities and um, desires that maybe you hadn't thought about in a while. Mm-hmm. And so that's very valuable, especially if you're making a shift from something like being an attorney mm-hmm. into another area. Right. Um, or really any major shift in careers like that. So we would start with that. We would do a situational analysis on you. And then once we had a clear picture of where you wanted to go and you were comfortable with it, then we would talk about, okay, what is needed to get into this role? Or if you already know what the role is and you're just applying, then it would be to craft the resume or the profile uh, to that particular position. Which is critical, I think, to get that resume Exactly right, because we were also talking about that you might have a lot of experience, but the people you want to work for probably don't care about all of that. They want to know, can you do the job that we need done? That's right. That's Even why you have to proud Yeah, what you've done, it's like, so what? You, know? you have to kind of reformat uh-huh. and, and identify mm-hmm. you know, all of those characteristics and background and experience that will fit that particular need. Mm-hmm. And also saw on your website that... Um, you're certified in different things, such as the Myers-Briggs uh, type indicator. So finding out your personal strengths and your personality, that's also part of what you do? That's part of the assessment. We use the Myers-Briggs. We use one called the Personal Strengths Inventory, which I love. Uh, we've used that one almost exclusively lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on another more um, academic uh, assessment called the Berkman. So it's very, very solid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some other, other ones that we do for like motivators and, um, you know, long-term goals. I've yeah. never taken those tests. I mean, I've done, I've taken courses and I've had fun strengthening communication skills and doing different things, but I've never actually taken these tests. And so tell I'd me be happy about that. To, I'd be happy to give you a personal strengths inventory. Well, I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. But what, why is that done? Tell me why you want to know like what the candidate's personal strengths are. What are their personality type? How does that feed? Well, in? again, you know, when you when you're working with people, and your your interaction, your communication, your style, um, your temperament, mm-hmm. 
uh, extroverted or introverted? Does that match the, the department? Does that match the company? Does that match the particular role that you will be in? All those are just phenomenal indicators to know, to be, you know, confirmed mm -hmm. for yourself. And then you have to speak to that whenever you're interviewed. You, the, you know, what, if they, what, what, what do you say when they say, well, Jan, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, what do they want to know? They already mm -hmm. see my resume. Mm -hmm. What do they want to know? Well, you go to the phrases and the words that come out of these assessments because you've already confirmed them. And not only that, you say them with confidence. Can you give an example? This is fascinating to me. Well, an example would be... Um, Even if it was you, if you were applying for a position or, you know, trying to present yourself in the best light. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how would you describe yourself? I'm a very direct communicator. Um, for example, uh, there was a time when I had a small group, uh, five people, that I had to directly um, manage mm -hmm. and supervise and work with. And so in addition to coming together, the five of us, the six of us, um, for meetings and so forth, I would individually go to each one. And my, my communication style is very direct. Um, not maybe we should do this or what do you think about that? Um, and so because of the assessment, I knew where to pull on that. And then, I, of course, you have to determine, particularly when you're one-on-one, -on -one, you have to determine what their, their uh, particular skills, their particular mm -hmm. communication style is, mm -hmm. and make sure that you confirm that they are hearing exactly what you're saying. I gotcha. Because communication is the one thing that just basically mumble jumbles and, and causes all kinds of issues. Right. So you could have emotional intelligence, which I know is critical in the workplace, to, to listen to others and hear them and see them, what they're trying to communicate. Correct. But it also is important to know who you are. That's right. Yeah. You let them know who you are and what your style is, and, of course, find out what theirs mm -hmm. is. Now, if it's a situation where everyone has taken the same assessment uh, or the same mm -hmm. use the same instrument and you share that information, that makes it really, really yeah. Easy. It's beneficial for everybody. The team comes together and then one-on-one, -on -one, not just me with these people, you know, mm -hmm. in my department, but amongst them. Right. And then everybody is communicating on a much higher level, a much more effective level. Remember Zach Barker um, used to live here and he was uh, head of the Opportunity Machine. And he explained to me the importance of having the right team members in the right roles. And he, yes. you know, he talked about like, Tom Brady, who I just love, you know, but that you don't want your quarterback, let's say, punting the ball. Great. You know, you want the right person right. in the right role because they might be really great at something, but not so much in other roles. But if you don't do these kind of assessments, you can easily place people in the wrong role. Exactly. And it happens so much. It does. And it really does. And then mm -hmm. um, getting into the coaching end of things, Let's say someone is promoted. They were very successful in their role as a, an HR manager, for example. And then they were promoted maybe into a um, chief human resource officer's role. So a, a nice promotion. This, the job is different. Mm -hmm. You're still in HR, but the job is very different. And making that, that jump and fighting the tendency to do things the way you did in your old job and then realizing that's not your job anymore, that's somebody else's job. You mm -hmm. have to not do that. Delegate. The best use of your time now is, you know, being the head of mm -hmm. the of the uh, department and, of course, being in the C-suite. Right, right. So very, very critical. And if you know about yourself and you know your style 
and you're aware of these pitfalls, you're much more successful. Right. Well, I, I love this topic, and as we delve in, into it more, I want to see if we can pause first and reflect back on a similar interview we did with Tessa Brown and Michelle Robertson, and uh, they're both human resource experts in Lafayette. And during our interview, we, we spoke about a lot of things, but they really honed in on the importance of creating a positive workplace. So this is coming from management, creating intentional and meaningful engagement and development mm-hmm. development of employees to ensure a successful Enterprise, and I know that's what you work for too. And before we start, I'd like to thank uh, Kurgan Brothers Sonic, who brings us this moment. Sonic Drive In has over 60 years of straight to car service. Their award winning menu offers unique made to order items such as classic cheeseburgers, premium beef hot dogs, foot long quarter pound conies, handmade onion rings, cherry limeades, and you can actually make up to 1.3 million other drinks. You can mix all these, I know, flavors. Now mine, my favorite is diet, cherry limeade. So (laughs) I'm gonna stick with that one that I like. But I wanna thank Ted Kurgan and Kurgan Brothers for making this moment possible. Let's listen to Tessa and Michelle. Leadership has to come from the top. Oh yeah. The bottom, you know, the bottom workers can't can't change the tide of um, the culture. That's right. So if we can get into that, because I, I'm really interested in that because that's where your coaching comes in. That's right. Yeah. What What should employers be doing, especially the top leadership, to set the appropriate tone for what's expected? And I'm mm-hmm. talking about everything from dress mm-hmm. to uh, timeliness. Just to, expectations, right? You know, so see, ex- sometimes I guess we think exactly. they should know, oh, but people duh. don't. Everybody knows and you do worst, this at not work. Not to wear the low-cut well, that's shirt. The, you know? Yes, I mean, seriously. And so, but you, you've already said it, Jan, mm-hmm. they should set the tone, period. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the executive team should get together and say, here is the situation. They, they, they need to fully recognize the situation. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. No one saw this coming. Mm-hmm. But it's here. We have to deploy some of our workforce, if not all of them, to work from home. What are our expectations? But mm-hmm. engage your people leaders. I don't expect the CEO to genuinely bullet list expectations who in the company could help i don't know mm. human resources <laughs> we should find someone get your get your people leaders together and say hey expertise i pay you for this mm-hmm. um this is the situation we're in here's what we need how does dress code change or stay the same you know mm-hmm. if you were wearing company logoed shirts do you really expect them to still wear them at home and i'm not saying that sarcastically you might so say that mm-hmm. um what time do they need to log in how will we know that oh well the same timekeeping system will tell us that okay perfect so we don't need to do anything new so i just think there needs to be i don't think it's fancy words 50 dollar words mm-hmm. Get an executive team together with their people leaders. And if you are an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, you could leverage people leaders from um, external consultants. Mm-hmm. You still don't have to become the guru in that. There are a lot of talent development consultants. We've named some from just the roundtable um, who would be happy to say, oh, I can help you create a strategic plan for your remote workforce. Just like if I had to figure out a pivot for my finances, I wouldn't become a CPA. I'm going to hire the best and say, here's what I need. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. You can hear Tessa and Michelle's interview and many others at discoverlafayette.net. So we're here with Carolyn Greco talking about all things employment and leadership related. So um, I want you to talk about what the message you wanted to get across, because I think the workplace has just been uh, in an upheaval. There's a shortage 
of workers. And I think a lot of people have taken a back seat when they either lost their jobs or realized, I don't want to have a meaningless job anymore. It's very important to be you know, thoughtful as you go back into the workplace. And I think that's why there's been a shortage. People are either going back to school or they want to wait and do what they enjoy. It's a, it's a critical time. We've never seen anything like this, certainly not in our lifetime. Hopefully we don't ever again. Um, but yes, whenever there's a major upheaval like this and so many people are affected i mean it's just like the you know the balls in the bingo uh thing you know everything is just turning Mm -hmm. and spinning and moving around the good news is in all of that activity there's opportunity but it's how do you identify it how do you decide what you want to do you know what are you feeling do you want to continue working do you want to work at home do you want to work in the office do you want to do a hybrid situation i mean there's just a myriad of mm-hmm. uh, different things going on and, and decisions, important decisions for people to make. Right. Um, a lot of people, you know, routinely though, aside from this being post-COVID, one of the things that we do in outplacement is when we, we do the assessment that I mentioned earlier, assessments, we determine whether the person wants to continue to work or not. Do you want to work full-time or part-time? Do you want to, quote, retire, unquote? And the reason I say, Mm -hmm. put the quotes on that, is the definition of retirement is changing drastically, you know, as we speak as well. Um, Do you want to go back to school? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to become a consultant? And many people haven't really thought about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so that is a big decision. And that's what's happening now with COVID. You know, do I want that commute every day? You know, oh, I bet a lot of people, their day just was given back to them when they were shut down. Huh? I used to drive to Baton Rouge every day for, mm-hmm. for years. And when I quit it finally, you know, the commute, I really was shocked at what my day looked like. That's right. How much time you have, how much additional time yeah. you have. And the stress level. And then, and then there's that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With the traffic and everything. I've been working from home for years. And I, we've got a law firm I can go in and use, you know, a... Um, conference room and I'm helping the Leadership Institute and they have, of course, conference rooms at 1A. But I like being at home, but I'm a self-starter. I don't think everybody, not, not that there's, it's better than others, but I mean, I'm, I will drive myself yeah. to get things done. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people need that camaraderie. Some, some people have difficulty working at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had several clients who at first they liked it for maybe three or four weeks. And then they realized how much, especially if they're extroverts, yeah. they realized how much they missed um, mm-hmm. being in the office and, you know, having people around and just visiting and, mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. So it's a it's an individual choice for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the when, employers too, right? Oh, like, yes. And employers as well. I know because yeah. I'd heard people thought, well, we maybe don't need all this office space. But after a couple of months or so, they, they realized we do need people mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. For, for we most are still, industries, yeah. we, we're, we're human to human, you know, mm-hmm. we, 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 we're social. Mm-hmm. And you can only do so much on a Zoom meeting or FaceTime. You, know, know, you, don't you get see to know the people. person and you hear the person, and, but yeah. it is not that personal one-on-one um, connection that we need. We yeah, still need energy. And the, oh, yes, definitely uh-huh. the energy. Right. You know, being a former teacher, I just can't imagine teaching a class via Zoom. Especially if like you've got some that get distracted or they're ADHD and they can't help it, but they're not going to pay attention to that. 
Yeah. Even students have said, I, I just can't wait to get back. I mm-hmm. miss my friends. I really can't learn as right. well. You know, this way, um, being a self-starter is another issue. You know, some people can work at home and, and build structure around their day. Others just have a very difficult time mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I need to do the laundry or uh-huh. I need to start dinner or whatever, you know, uh, or mow the grass, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's very, very um, disheartening. And you have to set boundaries because I know when you work at home, people think, well, you've got all this time, including your family. Like, you know, hello, I'm working. <laughs> That was an issue with a couple of candidates that we worked with, um, older siblings in the uh, family, and it was extended families in in, in both cases. Um, wanted them to run errands for them, and you know, basically, and they, they had to set the boundaries. They had to say, "Look, mm-hmm. you know, I'm job hunting. Uh, I'm devoting." eight to 12 or whatever they're, you know, we, we would have to make them a schedule. And of course it was up to them to get their family members right. to respect that, right. respect those boundaries so that they could do. Same thing happened, you know, when people had to work from home, it's like, look, when my door's closed, yeah. I'm working or and whatever. This, this is my computer. Yes, the two. So who, do you have an age group that typically comes to you? Like, can you explain your clients that come to Facet? You know, 99% of our our clients are corporate sponsored. So we're looking at, I would say, early 20s. Okay. All the way up into the 70s. Okay. But the, the company pays the fee yes. to FAST. Yes. Yes. The, it is a benefit that is given to the employee as part of their severance. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, it's a very corporate responsibility. I mean, it's an amazing responsibility to right. you know, the companies that provide outplacement. Um, just makes them look so good taking care of their people even if they have to let them mm-hmm. go you know and that builds a really strong uh, bond and respect mm-hmm. and it sends a good message to the people who are still working too you right. know they, they know that the company truly cares about them they right. don't just say they care about them yeah they do truly care about them so you're mentioning 70s and that retirement is that word has you know shifted in its meaning so are people maybe retiring from one um industry or career but they still want to use their mind and their talents. Is that what you mean? They do. They still want to be productive. Mm-hmm. They still want to offer back yeah. to the community. Mm-hmm. So again, there are lots of choices. You know, some go to um, volunteer work. Um, some go to pro bono work in some field. Uh, maybe in their own industry, the industry that they came out of. You know, professional organization or a youth group or something. Some go in that direction. Others nice. just want part time work. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, income is still important, and then well, and then there's always that yeah. you know the additional income. Right. So again, it's it's very mixed. Mm-hmm. It's very mixed. We've had people do just a, a, a lot of different things in their quote retirement, yeah. but they certainly do not retire. They refire is what they do. Refire. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, they, they get re-fire. a new fire. Yeah. A new fire getting them up every day. Because huh? it's like, oh my. You know, the pressure's off. I don't mm-hmm. have to wear the suit and the tie or the high heels or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And I can just do what I want. Okay, now what do I want? Oh, yes, let me go to that assessment that I took. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it, that, that also will point them in the direction. You know, one of them actually gives different careers that you might, because of your type or the results mm-hmm. of the assessment, you might be prone to enjoy. Most people know they have an idea. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, I really want to work with um, cancer organization. You know, I really want to work with a hospital or yeah, you know, 
and they can do that as a director of even a foundation or something where they they don't have the same pressure that they would have had you know during their typical workforce yeah it's a whole different um what dynamic Mm -hmm. around working and doing what you want to do particularly you know as you don't want to put in a 40 or plus hour a week Mm -hmm. You, you want to do something you enjoy you want to be productive you want to give back and just feel good about what you do yeah. and help people. Yeah. So I understand the outplacement and that people are helped transition from one one job force maybe to another um, another force. Talk about your executive coaching too, because I, I, I'm fascinated with that. Let's say that I'm already at a the place I want to be, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that I'm actually you know, all the cylinders are kicking mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm, I want to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? What, what do people get when they get coached? Well, if it's a performance coaching, okay, that's one uh, avenue. Um, if we're contacted about a particular employee or sometimes maybe two or three in the same department, um, maybe there have been some changes in either technology or who they're reporting to or just a shift in the in the business. And it's like, okay, how do we get everybody on the same page to continue to be productive and effective and get along well, of course, um, so that we can move forward with this. So that would be a performance coaching uh, dynamic. So you help determine like they might need to go get training. Like you talked about software. I'm sure that throws people for a loop. They might need training. They might want training. Um, You know, some some are open, some are not. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's probably an indicator of how long they're going to be there, huh? Well, it depends. Mm-hmm. If they if they do the training, if they do what they have to do and they realize they really like it mm-hmm. and it's going to work out, great. But um, this, is, this is a point where executive coaching and outplacement come together. The only point, really. If the person determines they're not happy, it's just not going to work under the new dynamic, um, or maybe they don't like the new coworker. There's just you know there's mm-hmm. just that it's just not working. Then we roll that into an outplacement program so that the company looks good no matter what happens. Yeah, um, the company does the, the the responsible thing you know for the for the you know, employee. So that that's one thing. But hopefully you know we coach them to where it it's, it works out. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be again an individual or it could be a group. Right. Jim Dore was a past guest, too, with Vistage. Uh, you know, he's a coach also. And he said for some aging employees, sometimes they don't want to embrace the change, huh? You have any it's thoughts true. on that? I mean, very it's, true. it's, oh, it's, it's very not true. fun, but you got to do it. It's very true. I also was in Vistage for quite a you while. Were? Yeah, fabulous. And um, Yeah, it I, seems like I it. remember when Jim, you know, got into it and, and, uh, and became a uh, certified, you know, Vistage coach. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it's fabulous. But it's very, very true. Uh Change is tough. It changes very hard. And uh, it's so sad. It's harder the older we get. Um, But I don't see that everywhere. I see it sometimes. You know, there are some, no, I'm not, mm, no, I don't think I'm going to. Well, then what are they going to do? Well, then that's the tough part. It's like, okay, you know, uh, uh, and some of them adjust and find a niche and, you know, others don't. Mm -hmm. So there's other career paths for them. (laughs) Or may or not. I mean, I've yeah. had I've had candidates say, "Well, you know, I I'm a quilter and I just want to quilt, or I'm a golfer and I just want to play golf." And I'm like, "Okay, so you're going to do that for the next fifteen or twenty years?" Yeah, that's going to get old. So we yeah. leave the door open. Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, your program is still here. You know, come back. Most of them come back. They do. Because they'll run into somebody and say, "Hey, you know, um, What's I have this little shop and we sell." 
you know, quilts. We do handmade quilts. We do sewing or whatever it happens to be, or it might be golf pro or something. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, why don't you come and work for us? You know, why don't you think about working for us for two, three days a week or something like that? Mm -hmm. They have to submit a credential. You know, they have to submit a resume. They yeah. have to post it on the website or something. You know, that part is all different, too. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's the fun part of what we do. Yeah, yeah. It's just so interesting when I think about it. We all want to we want to be talented and good. But yet, you know, how you define that changes. And it's you can't stop the world from changing. That's right. Yeah, I've had to learn some new programs recently, and I have to tell you, at first I thought, oh, no, because it was so many at once. Mm. If it was one program, but it was a bunch of programs. And I, I just sat down and I said, okay, I can only do what I can do one day at a time. And so I started doing online tutorials and trying to have just a very open mind and not, not be tough on myself. But it was, you know, it's a lot when you've got a lot. When things change mm. quickly, it can be tough to adapt mm. because we just didn't come up with all this. We didn't, have it. we didn't have that. You know, people 40 and up probably just didn't have all these, these software programs mm -hmm. to juggle. But mm -hmm. that's how the world is, is uh, we have to gliding adapt. along. Yeah. yeah, we have to. Uh -huh. You know, Darwin was right, you know. I mean, <laughs> so it, it, applies, yeah, it, it's, it applies to, um, you know, to, to everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, any advice for people? Like, what did you want to say today? You've got so much you can share, but what, what advice would you give people? We have a, a small uh, plaque in our office. It has a red background and yellow letters. And it says, decide what you want to do and go do it. So in a nutshell, that's, that's what we do. We help people decide what they want to do. And of course, it has to be something that they really want to do. They have a passion for doing. I mean, they're drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And then we determine, okay, how do you get there? Yeah. That's that's in a nutshell. That's that's basically what we do, and that's success. It is when you do what you really enjoy, and we 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 want to make sure they have fun mm -hmm. doing it too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, working in life is serious enough, and this is what you're going to do every day, or how, however much time you decide to devote. Mm -hmm. it, it should be your passion. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be you just can't wait to get out of bed in the morning and go and do it. Yeah. You know, who wants a job where? Yeah, no. You don't want to go. And we've all been Groundhog there. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah we've we all, all been there for there. different, you know, maybe it's just a short-term assignment that we had or something, but it's like, oh. Especially you know. early in your career. Yes. I mean, you just need to work to pay your student debt and, you know, your rent and everything. Just and a J-O-B, as we say. J-O-B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really a career path. You mm -hmm. know, not really. Now, if it's a stepping stone into something else, that's different because it's a piece mm -hmm. of something bigger. You, you know, that's your passion that you want to do. You think most young people really think about this like they do maybe once they've been in a boring job? I think more young people think about it now. How so? Than when we were young people. Yeah. Um, I was just glad to get a job. I then, was just glad to go to college. It, exactly. You know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's I, it, 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 at the time, it didn't even matter which college it was, just as long as it was mm -hmm. college. You did, you, but did you ever really want to work? Oh, yes. You did? Yeah. I, I, I sure grew up in that. a family. My parents owned a restaurant, so oh, okay. we grew up in that environment where, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I did. And I came from a very small town in western Pennsylvania. Um, steel was uh, king, and at the time, but um, and then you were who, went, who wanted to be a secretary at the steel mill? No, you know, or who wanted to, you know, we work, didn't have work, any work on the assembly, work, work a seven to eleven shift at the it steel was mill. Either education or administrative, huh? Right. 
Yeah, but you made it happen. I made it happen. I yeah. was going one way or the other, and mm-hmm. I managed to. I managed to do it. So, but you know, nowadays I look at my uh, my my own children and my grandchildren. There's so much more out there. Of course, they have the advantage of the technology too. But doing taking the right steps, you know, uh, assessing what you want to go into in college. You know, I had a liberal arts degree because I had no idea where I wanted to go at the mm-hmm. time. But now I think more more um, more coming up knowing that they. Maybe they want to be a carpenter, uh, or maybe they want to go to a technical school, or go to college, or be an attorney. Or you know, yeah. m- most have more knowledge and uh, support mm-hmm. to determine what they want to do than when you know, say, yeah. 30, 40 years ago. And the world is evolving in that way too. I think people now understand the value if you get a certificate and you can be a welder, or you go to a two-year community college and you can start as a nurse. They are they are employable from day one. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, esteem in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think for a long time people felt, I just have to get a degree. And then they hadn't thought through, am I even going to get a job somewhere? That's you know? true. And they well, end up at Starbucks or something. That's a really, really good point because I know several, personally, several successful uh, corporate um, people who don't have a degree. They started, they didn't finish, mm-hmm. but they got in with a company who recognized their special talents um, in in one case, it was training and development. I mean, this person just was dynamite in front of a group, well organized, well just moved skyrocketed to the top of this company. Still doesn't have mm-hmm. the degree. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Of course not, because it was she. You know, she proved herself over and over again because of her performance. Um, so I do have a question though. Yeah. With all this online application business. Don't they? Don't some people have minimum requirements that will kick you out of the system? And one of those might be a college degree, even though the most talented applicant wouldn't meet that criteria. Might have like just dropped out fifteen hours short, just as talented, if not more so. You know. That's true. If if the only person looking at that resume is whoever is. Uh, handling the website resumes, what's or posted. the computer that's you know yeah, or the artificial intelligence uh-huh. that's uh-huh. pulling it out because of keywords. So what we tell our candidates who are in a situation like that um, is that's not the only way you get into a company. You you network your way into a company, and we teach them how to network effectively and how to do that. I am now seeing on some websites there is a section that will say view open positions. And then there's a section that says, just tell us about yourself. Aha, very smart. Because that's where the person, even on the online posting, can go in and say, you know, I diffuse the situation. I started at LSU, two years, this happened, that happened, here's my experience, and focus on the experience in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you can get in that way. And so there's a combination yourself. of ways to get in. You know, yeah. like remember when you were a kid and you went to your friend's house and the door was locked, so you knocked on the door. Well, you know, not, so you went to the back and you tried to get in the back door, or you tried to go in through the patio, or you know, mm-hmm. crawl in a window, or you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get in. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, getting in right. a company. There are a lot of ways to get in. Yeah, networking is so important, huh? Critical. If you can find out somebody that you know. Who knows someone at a company that you're interested in? And it's usually the third or fourth. Who do you know? Is that is where, where the magic is? Is LinkedIn the magic? Uh, LinkedIn LinkedIn works very well, mm-hmm. um, extremely well. I mean, it's one of the main things that we do is we help people not only get their profile effective, but how to use it. 
because it's a very, very powerful tool. And LinkedIn has done extremely well in keeping up with and enhancing, you know, their program. So yes, we have a person that she she's certified to do LinkedIn profiles. So it's important when people look you up not to look like you're just uh, a joker. Oh, absolutely. The picture has to be a certain way. I mean, what mm-hmm. you say in your headline should be a certain way. What you <laughs> I need to go look there are all at these, There are all these little nuances, you know. You know, they look to see how many connections you have. So important? if somebody has 12 connections, it's like, um, mm-hmm. we need to work on you expanding your network. Yeah, you know? call up all your cousins and get them to <laughs> Anybody. Connect. Because, you know, you never know who's going to know somebody who knows somebody. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, it's, and that's how I meet people. People reach out to me all the time on LinkedIn. They either want to be on the podcast or they want to know about nonprofit work or, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really amazing how many people I've met and that I've actually connected with. And yeah. I mean, even the advocate, Judy Terzotis, I knew her, but she reached out through LinkedIn to yeah. see if, if they could assist, you know, like they promote my podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was so honored, mm-hmm. but I thought she didn't have my cell phone, but she knew that I would respond yes. to a message on LinkedIn. And yes. I was, I mean, white on rice. I was all over that one. We and I hope our, I'm not saying the wrong thing, but it's oh, I've no, had a no. lot of You're business people correct. reach out, and it's I, I didn't think about it till you were speaking. Yeah. It's been a very good powerful. Tool. We uh, we encourage our candidates when they're looking to get on LinkedIn every day, mm-hmm. every day. And LinkedIn now is very good about prompting you. Oh, so and so looked at your profile. Do you have you to know? have the upgrade version for that, or do you get that? You know, I don't remember the exact levels. You I have the have upgraded version, yeah, so I, I don't know where the cutoff. <laughs> yeah, and of course they keep changing it too. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. So, um, but that's nice to know who's interested in you. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then to find out who that person knows, and then you realize you have several contacts that you both, you know, common yeah. common uh, contacts. Right. Yeah. So it just explodes. It mm-hmm. just explodes after that. Yeah. So it's it's. But in addition to LinkedIn, it's the of course, COVID kind of put the kibosh on it for a little while. It's the networking meetings and going in person again. So you have that human, you know, element in. We're ready for that. And you know what? When you meet with somebody one-on-one or even in a small group, you always find out something valuable that you never would have picked up mm-hmm. on a LinkedIn connection right. or even a FaceTime call. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just the part of the human magic, you know, for the human yeah. element of things. We all have our own story. We do. You know, and you have a great story. Thank you. I love this, Carolyn. So 40 years yes. in business. So you're you're here in the oil center. You're yes. by the Petroleum Club. Correct. Correct. And so how do people, if they want to know more, how do they reach out to you? And uh, our website, of course. Um, uh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, of course, and everybody, you know, and my staff is on LinkedIn. Yeah, and if you look at the website, if you go to FACET, it's F-A-C-E-T. Correct. Um, that your whole staff, and they're really, you've got people all over the country. Yes. But you can you can reach out to them directly through LinkedIn. It has like a little link. Yes, yes. To reach out directly. Yes. So. Many of them, they, they used to be here. Mm-hmm. And over the years, for different reasons, you know, they're either in New Orleans or Houston, or we have one in Birmingham, Alabama. Is there one in Las Vegas? One, at, one, yep. one in Las Vegas. All yeah. over Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have they been with you a long time? Are these they have. Oh. I ha- I do have a veteran staff. I think the newest member of our staff has been with us eight years. Gosh, which is eight, very experienced. Eight all the way up to like eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Was there anything you wanted me to ask that I didn't? Anything you'd like to close with? Just you know, when it comes to work life and uh, life, they need to be integrated and. Uh, flow together 
so that you're happy, your family's happy, your children are happy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're you're living out the passion of your life. Right, and I know you enjoy helping people do that. So, I do. thank you, Carolyn Greco, of Facet, for being with us. I'd like to thank our listeners also. Um, appreciate your support. And this wouldn't be possible without our, our sponsors. I'd like to first thank Iberia Bank, who's now a part of the First Horizon family. Oxner Lafayette General. Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our sound and makes it professional. And Kurgan Brothers Sonic, grateful for all of your support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. 